Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Good afternoon, Murray. Afternoon, mate. How you doing? Hey, I'm well. Well, I sound a lot better than you do. Yeah, no, I think you win this week on, on clarity of voice. I'm still a bit of a snuffleupagus over here. That's yeah, okay. So. You can be my big bird. <laughs> yeah, for our dear listeners at home, Paul Murray's been sick all week, hence yeah. the delay in the podcast. Yeah, although, you know, once again, I think there really is something to say about man flu. <laughs> supposedly, Em has the same thing. She's just, she's just, I mean, look, she's unwell, but definitely not being as dramatic about it as I am. Well, you are a drama student, so. But so is she. Okay. (laughs) So I don't really get that. I don't really get that at that point. So yeah, but uh, yeah, George has been a bit sick. He doesn't know why his nose doesn't work at the moment. So it's been fun times, but I tell you what, those booger suckers. The little, uh, the squeezy oh, yeah, okay. sort of... You, you've never I don't know, before. no, I've never oh, heard Oh, do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. That's why okay. I'm looking surprised. So imagine a very small turkey baster. Yep. Yep. They kind of got like a squeezy sort of rubber bladder with a big nozzle on it. Um, you stick it, so you like deflate it, you stick it up the nostril and then you let it inflate and it sucks the booger out. Oh, wow. Yeah, because like little babies can't, can't blow, blow their yeah. nose. Yeah. So he hates it when you're doing it. But then suddenly he's like... I can breathe again. Amazing. So, yeah. So it yeah. has been quite helpful. Oh. Well, I'm going to do a current affairs segue here. Yes, come <laughs> on. Segue. Yes. Um, so it be fair to say there could be a bit of grumbling in your house oh, right now. There is a lot of grumbling at the moment. Absolutely. <laughs> a bit of a gongazole. Gongazoling. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that that, that gongazoling fits well into the, the message absolutely. that you preached yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. So John 6. Absolutely. Do you want to give us a bit of a a rundown on just what is John 6? What's it all about? The whole chapter. It's a long chapter. It is a long chapter. And like John actually has a lot of short chapters, kind of especially as it gets like later in his book. Mm. I kind of feel like it's a bit of a literary device that he's sort of as he's like building up to the end. Mm. It's getting like quicker and quicker, you know, like all good movies or, Mm. you know, sort of (laughs) stories should. But yeah, like it's a what, 70... How many? Yeah, 71. Okay, so it just hits, you know, the 70 mark. 71 verses long. Like, it's, that's a mm. long chapter yes, for yeah. a gos- gospel chapter. But, um, yeah, it's a really interesting chapter because it does something which um, it, it kind of starts off with Jesus feeding the 5,000. So you've definitely got this story of, you know, Jesus feeding people, this, you know, sort of symbol or theme of bread already and feeding. Um, And then in the middle, it has this little from, what, verse 16 to 24, Mm. um, Jesus walks on the water. Mm. Um, It's this sort of somewhat private moment that he has with his disciples. Uh, And then he's sort of crossed over to the other side of this lake. And um, yeah, suddenly the the people from yesterday, (laughs) you assume, because it's through Mm. the night, have found him again. And they're sort of, you know, they want more of what they had yesterday. So kind of, um, yeah, like when you read the chapter as a whole on first glance, the little (laughs) sort of story in the middle can seem a little bit insignificant, like a cool Mm. story. You're like, oh, I can see why John included it. He's walking on water, right? 
But um, you're like, yeah, what does it sort of mean in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of it? Um, so we we're kind of talking about um, a little bit earlier um, so some things that that could allude to. But I actually loved what you were saying about yeah. that, that sort the, of that middle section where he walks yeah. on water, sort of sandwiched between these two parts. Yeah. So because one of the things, like, if you look at verse four, it talks about the Jewish Passover. Yeah. It's near and that's a real deliberate sort of reference yeah, calling in all these images, and then Jesus walks on water, and yeah. for the Israelites, it was crossing the Red Sea. Yeah, happened after the Passover. That yeah. was their baptism. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. No longer slaves, but free people. Yeah, and yeah, a number because all four Gospels have this moment of Jesus doing something on yeah. water, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. seen as some sort of significant thing, pointing to that mm. Exodus, a great Exodus feeding, because the manna in the wilderness feeding. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All tied into that, and yeah, there's a psalm, um, Psalm 77. Uh, let me just find where the verse is. Ah, here it is. So Psalm 77:19. It, it's a reflection on Yahweh's power, and it says here in verse 19, "Your path led them through the sea; your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen." So, mm. Like this sort of celebration of yeah. Yahweh doing that, and yeah. it's what God did when He was victorious. He walk across the waters. That's what the gods did mm. in the ancient world. It's mm. a way of showing their power. And so here's Jesus just like a walking victory on the, lap. Across yeah, the water. here's like Jesus that. walking on the water, showing like His divinity, like He's overcome the chaos and evil, yeah. and then yeah, just that whole new Exodus imagery, and then yeah. ties that in well with the. The bread of life. Totally. And it's kind of interesting as well, this story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 in John, because it's in all four Gospels. Mm. There's not actually a lot of stories, Gospel stories, that are in all four Gospels. Apart from the crucifixion and resurrection. Right. So the fact that John has still chosen to include this, and we've kind of, when we're going through the Cross and the Gospels series, you know, most scholars kind of agree mm. on consensus that John was the final gospel. Yeah. So it sort of makes sense that his gospel is quite unique because mm. he's like, well, he would have had probably the other four gospels available, been able to see what they were already offering and then said, okay, like here's a bunch of stories and sort of, you know, moments that haven't been collated yet. Mm. Um, but the idea that he chooses to still include this story of feeding the 5,000 kind of points to it being like quite an important mm. moment which I think, yeah. like, I can, you know, on a on face value, I'm like, yeah, mm. cool. Like, it's it's quite miraculous. Yes. Um, but there's some pretty, like, interesting, um, I suppose, like, Jewish um, ideas mm. that, are, that are really permeated through this. I mean, even just the fact that there's 12 baskets. Yes. <laughs> Don't think that's an accident. <laughs> it's very Jewish, yeah. you know. Um, this idea that... <laughs> there's all these people sorry excuse me I'm obviously still a little bit sick <laughs> there's all of these people coming together sharing a meal together and then there's these 12 baskets at the end very much to- turning to Israel coming back together mm-hmm. being unified and them having this grand meal together yeah. this kind of taste of the kingdom and to come even the so look at verse 10 it says there there was plenty of grass in that place yeah. and now what's the psalm that talks yeah, about yeah take you out to green pastures yeah, yeah psalm 23 he's yeah. like being like that that yahweh being the shepherd yeah shepherding his people in the wilderness it's very cool it is very cool yeah this is where like as i tell people you've got to know old testament to understand yeah. the new like you just yeah. read like oh yeah cool that's just a random little detail there's no yeah. random detail in scripture but yeah do you think it'd be fair to say that John and Matthew, in their own ways, play off the Old Testament even more than Luke and Mark. Do? I, I reckon they do. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Matthew goes with the fulfillment. Yeah. Sort of John has what's called a typology. So Jesus is a type yeah. of his... Not yeah. so much when Matthew goes, Jesus did this to fulfill or, you know, yeah, to yeah. fill the prophet Isaiah or whatever, where John yeah. just sort of drops these yeah. like hints where for a Jewish reader, they would understand that. They go, oh, yeah, I've yeah. heard grass and leading to like yeah, in yeah, wilderness yeah. places where I read that before. Ah, oh, Psalm 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, so cool. So, so cool. It's very cool. And one of the things John does here is he, because you read the other gospels that just says Jesus departs to the mountain to pray and then he comes out to see the disciples but yeah, verse 15, it gives us the reason why they, they knowing they intended to come and make him king by force. Yeah. I actually think that gives a bit of background to his discourse with the crowd the next day. Yeah. Because he knew what their hearts were. Because he gets stuck in him. Yeah, you see me because you want to be fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I.e. you also want me to be your yeah. king. Uh, it's, it's interesting to make him king by force. How do you force someone to be king? It's an interesting idea, <laughs> anyway. right? I have no idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. By its very nature, if you're forcing them to do it, it sort of undermines the yes, authority, the authority of the king. <laughs> but anyway, so that's why he did it. And yeah, yeah. And then, and then so there, as you point out, it's this private moment, mm. which I hadn't. Yeah, that strikes me. He does a public miracle. Yeah, runs away from it because they're getting too. Make, make this guy king and then he yeah. does it, follows up with private yeah. sea walking miracle because yeah. that's when um Peter walks on water too but John doesn't recount that yeah yeah, that yeah 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 so, yeah no totally it's not yeah but um also John 6 has a bit of controversy in it yeah. from a eat my flesh and drink my blood and <laughs> a bit, just a light bit of cannibalism yes you know which was highly frowned upon by Jews so. So it's, it, I think it's funny, like, it's so not even a thing. Like, I think everybody, like, yeah, it sounds like you know maybe a little bit about, like, the cultural context of cannibalism. Was oh, it was it, was it in, engaged in in some capacity? Well, or? I, like, for the Jews, it would have just been disgraceful. Sure, it, it's as we would yeah. today. We can yeah. understand that. Yeah. I think that's more that. There's probably a scripture in there which forbids eating humans. Sure. I, don't, I, I don't actually know. <laughs> yeah. But the assumption is, well, if humans are made in the image of God, you're going to be feasting on them. Yeah, right. So, I just remember when I did John at college, that was what the lecturer spoke about, like, oh, just this cannibalism was this yeah. highly offensive idea to the yeah. Jews. Well, like food hygiene is <laughs> yeah. so good yeah. to them. But they don't eat pigs, you know. So, Let alone, here, cut off my arm and eat it. <laughs> Although I have heard, <laughs> anecdotally, that apparently human flesh does taste like pig. <gasps> but, you know. I don't think that was why they were offended, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no. Um, but yeah, it has led, this passage has been used to justify, particularly in Catholic circles, transubstantiation. Yeah, which is like a fascinating theology. Mm. And I was, here's the thing about transubstantiation. I don't believe it, but I love it. Like, it's really romantic. I really love the romantic idea of it. I love the idea that, um, yeah, as I kind of shared on Sunday, mm there is for somebody who believes in that that mm. the flat oh the bread and the mm. wine transfigures at some point during that sacrament into the literal flesh and blood of christ it then puts it on par with you know when a man and woman come mm. together in marriage uh that's beautiful that's stunning that's poetic and i think that it's definitely um yeah in some ways like taps into what jesus was pointing to um but yeah i don't I don't know if that idea there I've heard this is like mm. you know my neighbors friends hairdressers <laughs> yeah. yeah um there's this like s- sort of um urban legend of this catholic priest 
taking communion. Have you heard about this? No. And he's like taking the bread and for whatever reason, he like coughs or something and spits it out. And uh, which would be very sacrilegious for mm. a Catholic priest to do. And uh, on the floor was a piece of flesh. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I, I don't know. know. That. Yeah. Maybe he just had like a tumor in his lung. <laughs> it just kind of <laughs> came out. out. But yeah, uh, yeah. so th- there we go. Yeah. But yeah, it is, um, it is beautiful. Uh, mm. And it does, I think, bring a lot of the the essence, the energy, the, the sort of gravitas of this sacrament into it. That, you know, if in this moment, you, you know, you are really becoming one with Christ. Um, but yeah, I, I think that um, Jesus definitely could have made this teaching a bit easier. I think he, <laughs> I think that was the point, was to make it hard. Like to, very like, much the disciples literally say, it's a hard yeah, teaching, yeah, yeah. who can follow it's, it? Um, uh, that's like sort of like suggestion in verse 15, like he knows what they want. Yeah. And he's like, uh, like, I just don't want crowds. Sure. It's like I want, I want disciples, I want mm. apostles, and then they're all wandering away. And it's because it's interesting. Um, if I um, on hearing this is verse sixty, on hearing it, many of his disciples. Yeah. Said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware of his disciples were grumbling. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gongolo, gongolo, Just said to him, "Does this offend you?" Yeah. And then they then it goes on a bit, and then. From this time, this is verse 60, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. That's interesting that John calls them disciples. Yeah. Like learners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Methetes, that's yeah, what They weren't just learners. like his like roadies or yeah, groupies. Or... Uh... And then they asked the 12, and it's interesting. It's like the yeah. 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't want to leave. And Simon's like, no, man. Yeah, you have the words of eternal life. Yeah, where else would we go? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if he truly understood like, we don't know what Peter's, a, but he's like, well, who shall we go? We just know you have the words of eternal life. Yeah. And that you're the Holy One of God. Yeah. Like, I mean, he clearly didn't fully understand. Yeah. Because he kind of, like, betrays Jesus <laughs> yes. later, which shows that he definitely didn't have, like, complete faith mm. or complete understanding of the, like, majesty yeah. and sovereignty. But, yeah, it is really fascinating. Like, it's, it's probably, for me, um, in John, at the moment, one of the most, like challenging parts of his gospel that like Jesus has this teaching Mm. doesn't really do much to make it clear Mm. like to be honest if I even just like let's just talk about a pastor Mm. right if a pastor was like hey like blah 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 okay cool like now we're going to like eat my flesh today and drink my blood I'd be like I'm out of here I am so out like this is it's weird this is weird like I I don't yeah, there's certain parts, um, you know, in scripture where I kind of judge people a bit and go, ah, <laughs> oh, if I'd been there, I would, I would have reacted that. differently. But I cannot say that even, you know, facetiously here. Um, I would definitely be turned off by this. Mm. I'd be like, oh, no, nah, I was wrong. Like, this guy's not a messiah. This guy's a crackpot. So it's fascinating. Like, I don't know what to do with that. Mm. Like, why does Jesus make this teaching, like, so hard? Like, could he not have just said, like, if you want to follow me, like, give away everything you, you own? Like, sure, that would have weeded out of you, you know? know? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do with that necessarily. But I think one thing that I do take away from it is, ultimately, like, following Jesus is hard. His teachings are difficult. And it's not always going to make sense. 
And I think that that's like such a big part of it that I've continued to learn as I like grow my faith about, hey, like stick with it because so often it's the moments, the parts of scripture that are the most confusing and the most challenging and the most almost like confronting and offensive that end up for me being the biggest lessons Mm -hmm. and like the most valuable sort of formative things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I suppose that's almost like, that's where the real, excuse the pun, meat is, you know, Mm -hmm. with the challenging teachings. Yeah, preach it brother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can say something even more challenging I find in verse 70. Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. And it's like, haven't I, haven't I chosen you? Because he took in. We we're talking about this a bit earlier, and just from verse forty-three, he goes, "Stop grumbling among yourselves. Yeah. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I'll raise them up at the last day." Like that seems like a simple sentence, but there is so much in there. There's it's this dense. idea that like Jesus, like, well, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. Yeah, it, it, and it seems to be implied twice. He's like, well, actually, yeah, you know I have the words, but the reason is because I've drawn. My father's helped you yeah, come yeah, to yeah. me. He's drawn you. That's like, okay. Well, like massively off topic, but oh. like I, I don't believe in predestination. Like mm, as far as like, mm. so you know, Calvinist, you know, no. five point Calvinist. No, no, no. But like, it's hard to read that passage and and not oh. understand where like people who believe in predestination Dude, come from. I, I remember when we did systematic theology at college and we looked at Calvinism and Arminianism and they both use John 6 to justify. Right. Uh, and because this is how Can you unpa- uh, unpack that a little bit, the difference between Calvinism oh, and Arminianism? Oh, so Calvinism is, believes in predestination. Sure. That, um, the Calvin had like, I don't know if it was Calvin, but Calvinism has sure. five, the tulip, yeah. which I can't remember what the acronym is. Um, total, total depravity. depravity. Um, um, unrelenting grace. I don't know. Let me quickly look at the atonement. It's important. It's not, yeah, it is important. Because my brain doesn't work in that. I never enjoyed systematic theology because it's just too. I'm I thought you were going to say my, my uh, brain doesn't work in acronyms. Acronyms. <laughs> no, it doesn't either, actually. But um, yeah, so Calvinism Yeah, so total depravity. So simply that man yeah. is dead yep. without God. Um, unconditional election. election yeah. uh, God chooses to give some people yeah. eternal life without looking for anything good in them. Um, limited atonement. Yeah. So the great message that so many... Anyway, limited atonement. So too critical. I'm trying to figure, quickly That's, check what that is. Oh, it's, so it's only like limited a to a certain thing. number of people. Limited to a certain yeah. number of people. Then, uh, irresistible oh, grace. That's right. You can't, that, you can't, you can't reject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he chooses you, you can't, yeah. you can't reject it. And preservation of saints. Yeah, you can't lose your salvation. You so, so once you've committed yeah, yourself yeah, to Jesus, you can't. Life. Yeah. Where Arminianism says like, no, nah, you can actually lose your salvation. That's sure. a big thing. Yep. It's like, well, you can fall away. Yeah. And well, Calvinists would believe that Judas was in heaven. Yeah, I don't know. What or would they mean. believe that he never truly? He never truly believed. I don't know. See, because that's the funny thing, right? Because then, like, if someone goes, it's like, oh no, but they were never a true believer. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I um. Yeah, and so Calvinists believe you can lose your. Oh, sorry. Arminianism believe you can lose your salvation. That yeah. You can actually resist God. You're like, nah. Sure. Um. Got free will. Yeah. So look, that's a bit of a basic summary of the two, and. You know, I sit is neither because I like the Jewish way of thinking is like two handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, one passage of this, one passage of this. Ah, oh, God's a mystery. We don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and that's why I really struggle with systematic theology because my brain just doesn't sit in one camp. Mm. And I tell people that, and they'd go, like some people go, "You're an idiot. You can't kind of be both." Mm. And I told 
one of the guys who was mentoring me at the time and he goes yeah I totally understand where you're coming from because I think that way mm. and the more I studied like the Jewish background scripture I'm like it's actually probably more yeah. helpful way to approach is yeah there's certainly some passages yeah. which yeah seem like, like there's this predestination I'm drawing people to me at yeah. the same time too it's well I, I feel I feel like we need to buy a bell for this podcast for every time <laughs> I mention John Dixon but I, I, I saw a great uh, little quote from John Dixon the other day where he was talking about how throughout church history um, there have been many people who have wanted to define God by characteristics mm. so like he's omnipotent he's omniscient he's you know all loving blah 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 um, but throughout church history, uh, pretty much all of the greatest thinkers, so Augustine, um, Thomas Aquinas, like all these really big thinkers say, we actually shouldn't be trying to define God by what he is, but by what he isn't, mm. because God is so big mm. that you can't define him by what he is. All we know is what he isn't. Mm. So for instance, we know that God isn't evil. Mm. We know that God isn't limited. We know, you know, so this idea, and I think that that's kind of similar, like what you're saying about the limitations of Calvinism or Arminianism, which it's like the second you start trying to define these mm. things and sort of like box them in, it starts to get really tricky, mm. right? Whereas if you're like, oh, well, he isn't this, yeah. you know, it, it isn't that, that can maybe be a more helpful and almost, I hate to use this word, but like a safer way to mm, say yeah, it so without yeah. like being heretical yeah what you know unintentionally yeah. sort of thing and so like for me like that's let's see i like living in history mm. like there's things in this passage it is hard mm. and it's like i don't fully get everything like i don't understand like, i don't know how god like draws people to himself i don't know how they work is it like you know his spirit puts something in your mind is mm. there senses to that mm. like some people hear audible words. I don't know how it works, but it works. Mm. God just does that. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, I'll run with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, as we always do, we seem to go off topic for our... That's okay. good. We like to go down these little just rabbit a little bit points. of banter. Yeah, yeah, it's banter, isn't it? But um, one of the things with the grumbling mm. of the people, that's also a deliberate illusion. That's not just another random word thrown no. in there. Yeah. So, yeah. Where is that coming from? What is Jesus doing there? Yeah, so look, I, I kind of originally wanted to talk about this a bit more in the sermon, but it probably would have blown out to 40 minutes. <laughs> but there's a really fascinating parallel between... So Jesus makes allusions to this passage in this chapter of um, when, you know, Moses, God really, mm. brings manna down <clears throat> from heaven uh, back in Exodus. And what's really fascinating is when you go to Exodus 16, um, mm. you see that along with this, you know, manna from heaven, there is also some grumbling Israelites. Oh, funny um, <laughs> So if we go to Exodus 16, I'll just, I thought I had it up. I'll just quickly bring it up. Oh. One second. Um, yeah, so they br bring down, you know, manna from heaven um, and essentially they start grumbling and um, it goes from verse 13. Uh, so that mm. evening quail came and covered the camp and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. Mm. When the Israelites saw this, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. 
Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. Um, yeah, which is interesting. It kind of like made me think a bit of the like baskets as well. Mm, mm. Um, the Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. The one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone gathered just as much as they needed. Um, I feel like I'm reading the wrong passage here. Let me quickly say. Next no, dude, oh. that's super interesting because Sorry, I was going to say. I went too that... early. I, 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 uh, I skipped over the actual passage, which is, but, which um, is verse 8. But, um, but I was actually going to say that like, there's so much like allusions to John in that. Yeah. Because like, totally. even in verse 11, it's got he distributed who was seated as much as they wanted. Like, there's yeah, yeah, total, yeah. like. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So, but, sorry. The, no, the, the, the verse 8, which is earlier. Moses said, you'll know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Um, who are we? Are you not grumbling against us, but against the Lord? Um, but yeah, it's fascinating that later on um, in the story of the Israelites and Moses, they are still grumbling, even though they have been fed. Um, yeah, all the way kind of through to numbers when, you know, um, Joshua uh, and, the, and the spies sort of go over the Jordan to sort of you know scout yeah. out the land the promised land um, there, yeah. yeah and then they kind of come back uh, and all the congregation grumble against him by bringing out a, bear, a bad report concerning the land it's like it's a really fascinating thing there's like continual grumbling mm-hmm. um, and it's really really fascinating to see that idea of fruitfulness of, of provision mm. and of grumbling mm. um, because ultimately at this point you know they I don't know disagree with me on this like my my assessment of the sort of moses you know story mm. is that the israelites are relying on moses for their relationship with god i think that's true. you know they they don't have yeah, a yeah. personal relationship mm. with god in the way that we as christians do and i think likewise you know the jews who were looking to jesus they wanted to make him king right they wanted to make him a moses david-like figure um, so he could be their representative, which he is, but there's more to it than that. It's about mm. us eating his flesh mm. and becoming part of that in a very literal mm. sense. Um, yeah, not not just looking to him, but being part of it. Mm. So, yeah, it is really fascinating, this continual pattern of grumbling and manna and, and yeah. bread from heaven that continues on throughout yeah, both the Old and, and New Testament. I was just trying to find it, but I'm going to make the assumption that in the... LXX, so the Greek translation of the Old Testament, that gongazo was probably the same word used for, for grumble. Yeah, um, I, I it was. I yeah. looked it up um, yeah, earlier in the week, and yeah, it does kind of translate so that, in both yeah. moments. So definitely <clears throat> the, the very smart... Supposedly, the seven is it seventy or seventy-seven elders who supposedly. Oh, I think it's yeah, seventy, seventy-seven. Septuagint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what. Yeah, 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 yeah. seventy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who translated this? <laughs> thing. Exactly Obviously, same. saw some you know parallels there. It mm. does. I don't know. Always make me think. It's such a shame. There's so many sort of profound, deep insights that have been made over the history of of the Bible's you know sort of mm. establishment and canonization that we so often just kind of glance over today and mm. haven't seen so yeah much well because that would be like a very deliberate illusion to use this there's quite a few yeah, different yeah. words like mutter grumble yeah. like yeah the idea that's the same same word. word it's yeah riffing back to that yeah. moment yeah and being totally. like hey you guys are no different to yeah yeah because it's um it is interesting like after jesus comes back and 
They're like, you know, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus is like, hey, you weren't looking for me because, you know, you saw the signs and it's because you had your fill. And then they still demand, what sign will you give? It's like, dude, like... Take a hint. <laughs> yeah, you can just see, like... I, I I can see why. It's like this sort of spiraling why it's just getting more and more difficult. It's like, mm. man, I'm giving you this sign. Yeah, like the prophets, you know, like Psalm 23. He's kind of filling that sort of language, yeah. a new... You know, Passover, all that thing. You listen. It's like, oh, what sign are you going to bring us? Like, yeah, here's my sign. I am the bread of life. Eat yeah. me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they just take it. that. <laughs> so good. Uh, and but um, I guess in some ways we are all Israelites. We oh, do grumble, man. man. I think that was one of the things that you like. Yeah, said in your sermon. Um, I don't know, note here. Yeah, we're. Yeah, we said here like we're sometimes not aware of like our emotions and just yeah. that grumbling. Yeah, it's just that natural state we totally. fall into. Yeah, I think I think it can quite often be like autopilot, mm. you know, um, where we fall into. But almost comes back to what you were you know speaking on a few weeks ago around emotional intelligence, mm. you know, and uh, yeah, like leaning on the wisdom of God to allow that to act as you know the law should as a mirror back to yourself mm. and be like hey what's actually going on for me uh yeah it's so important like uh, just that self-reflection and being self-aware and allowing scripture and the holy spirit to really speak into your life continue to counsel you and continue to guide you into how you can be more like christ mm. it's like man it's so easy to you know, read it all and know it in your head, but not allow it to transform your heart and continue to, yeah, I think that's the, the big shout out to our morning risers crew. Yeah. <laughs> um, 6.45, we, <laughs> we, we're doing the book of Romans and we're just going through chapter two. Mm. It's like, you who teach others, you teach yourselves. Mm. You say, you know, do not steal, do you steal? And yeah. It's that idea, that's what <clears throat> Paul sets up, this great, like, hey, here's what the, you know, for the wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. It's Romans one eighteen, and, you know, it goes through, like, the list of sins of the the nations and look how terrible they are. Yeah. And it's like, turns it back, hey, you're exactly the same, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You think he's you're kind so of like, um, of he's kind of like setting them up there, isn't he? Yeah. Because, like, I don't know, I, I think it was, like, whoever taught Romans the week I was doing at college. And, like, yeah, like, Paul's kind of setting them up. Like, yeah, they do suck. Like, they're getting all self-righteous. <laughs> it's almost like the, uh, like, Nathan to David. Like, you are that man. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Set them up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure where I was going with that. Oh, there I'm so sorry. No. There was a point. And I'm sorry, totally you're forgotten. talking about, like, teaching things and then not doing it yourself. Yes. Um, it to... Yeah. Anyway. Um, there, there was a, it wasn't. I'm so sorry. No, no, dude. Don't you. need to, don't need to apologize. <laughs> this is, uh, this is me. I'm classic at this, you know, come up with this, like, oh, I want to speak about this. And then, like, halfway through, just forget about it. But I think it um, is, um, but, um, Anyway, we'll do a really awkward segue now. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, I am the bread. Yeah. It's actually his first I am. First I am statements. Yeah. So I feel like it's a bit of a, you know, well-known um, thing. But for those who don't, seven I am statements. You could argue if you're trying to stretch out a sermon series, nine, because he's the way, the truth, and the life. Some people would have. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it is. And yeah, there are I seven I am yes. statements. I am the so, way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The truth of the life. Anyway, so yeah, I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. So even there, it's kind of, you already said life there. Uh, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And I'm the vine. 
Um, really, really fascinating. And obviously that even I am is mm. riffing all the way back to sort of Exodus 3 when Moses mm. at the burning bush and the angel of the Lord appears to yeah. him. Yeah, that's, that's always fascinating, man. Mm. That's another wonderful mystery about the Old Testament. Mm. Yeah, because it starts off and it happens with Gideon and Moses. There's a fun fact is that Gideon's like, it starts off the same. He sees the, the like Moses sees the burning bush. It yep. identifies the angel of the Lord or Yahweh. Gideon sees the angel of Yahweh in similar, and then it changes to Yahweh mm. throughout. They both happens to them. Yeah, and and then that's how Yahweh reveals himself to Moses. So who self. is the angel of the Lord, Mitch? Oh, dude, it's I would suggest it's Yahweh. Like, yeah, like he, it's him. It's God, because because it happens. I can't remember which verse. I'd have to look it up. But after the Israelites sin, Yahweh said, "Moses, I'm not going with these people, but my angel will go before you, and my name is in him." And you're like, hmm, hmm, like clearly some created being couldn't have Yahweh's name in. Sure. So, yeah, I'd say it's. I, I that's what I kind of would tell people is like the the word Trinity is not in the Bible, which everyone knows. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the concept is there in this mysterious form that sure. God is one God, but yeah, has these persons mm. as, to mm. use that theological language. Mm. Yeah, because even back with Abraham. Does does God the Father have a body? Ooh, I would say no. See, that's I always imagine, like my image of the mystery of the Trinity is like God the Father is what we call the omni. Present, yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I want. Everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. Jesus, the Son, is the like the human embodiment. Yeah, yeah, and then the Spirit also has that omnipresent. Sure. So, okay. if the angel of yeah. the Lord is appearing to Moses in this moment, in some sort of human yeah. form, is it Jesus? I, I guess so. Possibly, I don't know. This is the thing I yeah, can't yeah, answer. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah, uh, in the in the one of those TV shows about the Bible, when mm. Abraham has the visitors before Sodom and Gomorrah, they actually use the actor for Jesus, right? Because you remember in Genesis eighteen where Moses, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's hanging yeah. out in the tent and the yeah, three yeah. strangers and yeah, then yeah, yeah. talking to Yahweh, and you're like, what, what? Yeah, we heard it was a man. So just because I angels. haven't seen this, is it like do they green screen the same actor three times? No, no. So it's two. So two people. Okay, who you don't it was, know. And then. Yeah, well, because one of the angels. That'd I be a trippy it, interpretation. We watched it at um. We watched it at Bible college, and we all were ripping apart all the. But it's one where they had like the, <laughs> the ninja. The after you watched the shack. <laughs> <laughs> we watched. It had the ninja angel. The ninja angel. And he's killing people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Wow. Oh, I think it was called. The I don't Bible. know what this is, but I got check it. It came out in twenty thirteen. It was <laughs> the Bible. It was on Channel Nine. Literally, it was um. <laughs> Yeah, there was the two angels went down to Solomon and Gamora. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. blind the men trying to get into Lot's sure. house. Instead of blinding him, he gets out his sword and starts ninjuring him up. All right. But um, yeah, they used the same actor for Jesus Yeah, with the conversation with Abraham. Yeah. Which showed their interpretation of it was that this person was the pre-incarnate Jesus. Because mm. even Ezekiel's vision in chapter one, and he's seeing the chariot and he just... He sees someone like the figure of a man on yeah. the... Yeah. Yeah. So... Mm. It's like fascinating stuff when you start getting into it, like about yeah. at, at certain points, the 
the physical manifestation mm. of God as we understand it is Jesus. So then whenever God shows up as a physical manifestation mm. in the Old Testament, is it is it Jesus? Yeah, like, like yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like it, it, there's there's no there's no definitive thing, but yeah, all, all signs point to, to yes. Yeah. Well, like the, to Yahweh. <laughs> yeah, well the craziest passage because some I think it's Jehovah's Witnesses and probably Muslims too when I used to kind of hang out with him, would say, oh, Jesus never actually says that he's God. Mm. But like in John eight fifty eight, he says, very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Mm. And their response is, they picked up stones. <laughs> like they knew exactly what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't pick up stones because yeah. they were like, we're cranky, like, man, you've just claimed to be Yahweh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to kill you for that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's a pretty clear yeah. indication that Jesus knew yeah. who he was, and they, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he even says yeah. to the Pharisee, like, which is easier for me to say your sins are forgiven, forgiven or for me to yeah. like, heal this person? Like, you know, because only God can God. forgive sins. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, and like, yeah, John eight. That's another. This is why I love the book of John. I think a lot of people like John. It's just yeah. such a. I think it's more metaphysical. Is that the right word you'd say? It could be, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, just yeah. You, like Jesus talks about, you know, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. And my father, whom you claim as God, is the one who glorifies me, though you don't know him. I know him. And it's like, wow, there's like this depth of connection mm. between the father yeah, yeah, and the yeah. son. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. Mm. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Like, yeah, so yeah. even that there, he, thought yeah, he saw yeah, it yeah. and was glad. Like, what's he talking about? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the day of he visited him at the yeah. Genesis 18. So. Yeah. Cool mysteries. I love it. It, it is. is. Absolutely. Um, and then we jump forward to kind of the final mm. sort of I am statement, which is I am the vine. Mm. which is kind mm. of uh, quite interesting that I, I preached on the first I am yeah. statement last Sunday because, Mitch, what are you preaching on? Yeah, I'm Sunday? doing, so starting our pruning series and starting off with I am the true vine. Boom, there we go. And my father is the vine dresser. All right, so good. Yeah, because the vine was a, an, image, an image used of Israel. They were meant to be the fruitful vine mm. and then they fail. They don't produce fruit, so yeah. God's like, I'm tearing down this vineyard. And yeah. It's going to yeah. be burnt up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Jesus is like, well, I'm the true vine, and if you're with me, you'll bear fruit. Yeah, 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 you'll yeah. do what Israel was supposed to do through me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, good. So, so good. Yeah, all those I am statements. So. Yeah, I mean, they're Connect so... Connect something from like Old Testament history. Yeah. And then Jesus is showing how he is the... Yeah, the fulfillment of that, the so typology, good. the type of that that we yeah. know, the Old Testament was pointing to is fulfilled. So him. good. Uh, so as we're starting this uh, pruning mm. the branches series, yeah. what um, is your sort of uh, little taster, little little yeah, teaser so, uh, for this Sunday? So, so this one is a bit like with the um, sowing the seeds. Mm. So starting off with, like I guess the verse to sort of set the foundations. Mm. So this one's about. Yeah, pruning is something that you do in a garden to make plants healthier. Yeah. So pruning in our lives is something that produces more fruitful disciples. But then at the same time too, if you're not fruitful, there's like cut off and chucked away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That comes that question as like, well, were they truly saved to begin with? Weren't they? Mm, Yeah. That's sort of that mystery we wrestle with. But Mm. the point of focusing for us is 
the pruning to make us more fruitful. And we can only be fruitful if we're part of the vine, mm. which, you know, is Jesus. Yeah. And it's kind of actually interesting just as a... Like that. Sorry, I was just going to say like that bread of life teaching. Well, exactly what I was going to say. He oh, talks sorry. about it. Because he says, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And here he's saying like, hey, you got to be attached to me. Yeah. To have life. So. Yeah, but also he sort of prunes people off mm. who aren't going to... They're all like, it's so interconnected. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's very cool. Well, look, man, I'm really looking forward to this pruning the vines yeah, and this pruning so, the branches. Yeah. going to be really great. Yeah, so we're going to look at, yes. So there'll be some heavy weeks and some less heavy weeks. Yeah. So pruning idols, pruning sin. Yeah. Pruning your time. It's important mm. conversations to yeah. have, you know. Sometimes good conversations and important ones are sometimes hard, yeah. you know. Be good. But then there'll be some less heavy weeks, so some some stuff on Sabbath. Yeah. There'll be a Father's Day thing thrown in there, yeah. so, you know, nice. it's always... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pruning some expectations. Yeah, nice. Some fun. Pruning Very attitudes, cool. so there'll be... Oh, that's the, the range for the next 10 weeks. Yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be a great series. Mm. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for the oh, chat. Really yeah, enjoyed it. That was awesome jumping through the IM statements yes. and John. It's a, it's a dense yeah. book. So, yeah. And your voice held out, man. It just held out. Yeah. <laughs> I think I only deafened our listeners with one cough. So, sorry about that. <laughs> so, uh, look forward to uh, catching you guys Sunday. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Cheers. See ya. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.